oh, I thought it was just all about doing great work, okay? But then you realized, you know, a series of projects doesn't make a business. Hey, it's Joel, and you're listening to episode 40 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. The conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. On today's episode, I'm speaking with director Jordan Brady. Our topic is filmmakers need to be creative entrepreneurs. Welcome to Rev Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Now here is your host, Joel Pilger. Hey, it's Joel and today is Wednesday, April the 4th. I'm excited to say this is episode number 40 of the Rev Thinking podcast. Very cool to be coming at you for the 40th time. Hard to believe we're at that number. I'm looking forward to hitting 50 and 100 and, and more down the road, but uh, one step at a time. Before I get into our conversation with Jordan Brady, which you're going to love, by the way, just a couple announcements. One, wanted to let you know that RevThink has an event coming up in May in Los Angeles that is Show Launcher. It's in partnership with NatP, and it is a quarterly workshop series. This first one is session one of Show Launcher. And basically the idea behind Show Launcher is don't sell TV, develop TV that sells, which means that's these are quarterly masterclasses teaching you how to successfully sell your idea to audiences that are ready to buy it. There's a lot of confusion about how you go about developing content and creating programming for television. And Show Launcher is what I would call a reverse engineering approach that we learned from Patrick Jager. And this workshop is going to be the first in a series of sessions. The first one is about understanding the marketplace. Then uh, later in the year, we'll do session two, perfecting the pitch. And then session three, the meeting and the deal. So if you want to find out more, go to RevThink.com and click on Engage, and you'll see a entry there giving you more information about Show Launcher. So take a look at that, and we look forward to seeing you in Los Angeles. That's actually the only announcement. Um, let me get into today's episode. So for those of you that don't know Jordan Brady, he is a filmmaker and partner at Super Lounge. That's a production company in Los Angeles. But, you know, Jordan is also what I would say, he's not only a director and a filmmaker, but he's also a really generous teacher and podcaster. And he's also just an all around funny guy. I can't remember if he's done stand up in the past or if he's currently doing stand up. But holy cow, the guy is so witty. Well, Jordan and I sat down to do a podcast a little over a year ago. That was really well received and a lot of people uh, talked about it and got a lot out of it. So Jordan and I decided to sit down again this year and have a conversation. And Jordan was kind enough to have me on his podcast as well as kind enough to say, sure, RevThink should rebroadcast the episode on our podcast. So that's what today's episode is. It's a conversation between me and Jordan really talking about this idea of filmmakers need to be creative entrepreneurs. Now, a couple other bits and bites about Jordan, just so you know, Jordan does run a thing called the Commercial Directing Bootcamp. 
So these are one day intensive seminars that he does on filmmaking, specifically around commercial production. So those of you that want to learn how to direct commercials, Jordan basically pitches himself as, hey, learn from my 20 years of experience directing over a thousand spots. Now, I checked in his next boot camp on April 21st in Los Angeles is sold out. So it's a pretty popular event. But um, go to jordanbrady.com and you can find out when the next one is. I've heard great things about his boot camp. Also, Jordan recently wrote a book um, called Commercial Directing Voodoo, and that's available on Amazon. So I recommend you take a peek at that. It looks pretty, pretty fun. And of course, his Respect the Process podcast is one of the best podcasts on the web about directing and commercial production and the, the like. So if you haven't heard that, please go to his podcast and check out Respect the Process with Jordan Brady. Okay, that's enough of me giving you the intro. Here is my conversation with Jordan Brady on filmmakers need to be creative entrepreneurs. You know, I always love it when a, a guest that was very popular with the listeners returns oh my. to the show, and today is no exception. Joel Pilger Hello. is on the show from RevThink, and Joel, you got some exciting stuff happening. I've been... I joined the the Facebook group. Okay, cool. It's a, it's a private group. I don't know if we should talk about it. No, you can mention it. Um, it's just not for everyone. Well, that makes it more special. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're with your you're with your tribe. The seven ingredients. Mm-hmm. The seven ingredients for a successful. What's the proper name of the group? Well, the group's called. Wait, do you seven, not want to talk about the group? No, the group's good. Okay, good. Yeah, no, the group's good. Um, so the seven ingredients is a private, uh, it's, it's called the seven ingredients, which is short for the seven ingredients of a creative firm. That's just a concept that at RevThink, we know that, that there's these seven areas that it takes to run a successful studio, production company, what have you, right? And that's almost like serves the foundation of what we, what we teach, what we're trying to help, how we're trying to help the industry, how we engage with our clients. And we said, man, wouldn't it be cool to create a Facebook group around the seven ingredients and invite owners of studios, production companies, agencies, what have you, to come in and all hang out and share like, what's going on? How do we do this? This is crazy. Um, it's, you know, you know how it is. It's a, it's a really complex type of business to run, especially if you're a creative person, right? The creative entrepreneur is very different than your average business well, that's person. The whole, that's the whole model behind RevThink is yes. that you consult and advise companies that are started by creative people that may not have the business acumen i mean it's a you're right it's a totally different skill set yeah and one would think i mean there are people that are great at both god bless them but one would think if you excel at your creative endeavor that got you to where you want to start your own shop that you you most likely would be lacking in some of the skills it takes to run a company in a way i actually hope you are well, yeah, it's your business. <laughs> well, because like the, the creator who goes out on his own it usually achieves a certain amount of success quickly because he's so great at what he does. Or she. We don't or discriminate. She. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Are and, there any women in oh, the group? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. No, there's a plenty. And there's, there's I'll, I'll tell you more about the members in my, uh, my accelerator. A lot of ladies in the group. A lot of ladies in the group. Yeah. But the, um, the creative entrepreneur, the guy that goes, girl that goes out on her own, usually achieves early success right? because they're, it's all about the work, okay? But then as they start to grow, it suddenly becomes about things like finance, marketing, 
sales, right? Sales is this whole, you know, deep dive that we could spend days talking about. But as that person begins to grow, they start to realize, oh, I thought it was just all about doing great work. Okay. But then you realize, you know, a series of projects doesn't make a business. So there's this shift that has yeah. to happen, right? Of, okay, wow, once I get to half a million or a million dollars, sounds like a lot of money. But when you're running a business, it's not. It doesn't really give you what you need to build a team. You know where you'll run that business? Right into the ground. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's almost like... It's really hard. You can you can come out the gate with your new shop and go. you spike up. And at best, you would plateau, right? If you just maintained. I mean, that's the problem I have is I have... I mean, 90% repeat business. So even if they all call with every project, at best, you're, you're barely growing. Mm -hmm. So it's finding those new customers or clients that se that seems to be the tough part. Well, it is, especially because I think creatives um, have a really hard time selling themselves. And this is where I actually see a common pattern where as a firm a business grows, there's a day when you have to separate creative from sales. That guy's the creative, that girl's the sale. And once you find, once you make that shift, you suddenly have the, oh, I don't have to go into this meeting and toot my own horn. Instead, you've got her saying, oh, you're gonna love working with Jordan. He's so brilliant. This is gonna be so great. And that's something you could never say about yourself. And you just get to sit there and blush while she just waxes poetically about how amazing you are and everyone in the room is nodding going, yeah, we can't wait to work with him. I agree with everything you're saying, except I wouldn't use Jordan Brady as an example because, <laughs> <laughs> because it, we're well, listening to my yeah, show no, and I know. posted at jordanbrady.com. I am, I'm, uh, well, I'm like Barnum and Bailey combined. Well, but this is actually a, a, a common attribute I find in creative entrepreneurs as well, that there is a humility. No, I'm, you know I'm joking. I, I I love. You know, I have a I have uh, two EPs now at Super Lounge, and right. and they head up sales. We work more in silos. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't tell them how to sell. Right. They don't tell me to do a two shot. Right. And and we that's an understanding. <laughs> it makes it more efficient. Well, it also plays to your strengths. Yeah. Right. It plays to your strengths, and it's actually cool. You you should be humble because you're a creative and you know that there is great talent out there. The world is full of amazing talent and you have a part to play in it, but it's really awkward when the creative stands up and isn't humble, right? And oh, tries to sell himself. It's really kind of weird. I think those days are gone. Yeah. I don't even if they were ever that popular. Well, you know, maybe back in what I kind of call, call the glory days, right? In the 90s when there, when every Super Bowl spot was two to three million big visual effects, there were some directors that, you know, just sort of, I think, threw their weight around. Right. But, you know, those days are, those days are gone. And, and so, so the Facebook group, what I've liked is, one, I met Justin Andrews okay, right. from Animus. Uh -huh. and he was on the show? He was on the show. He hasn't been on yet. Okay. We, we had a nice chat. Cool. So we're, we're time jumping here. With, yeah, yeah. Uh, we stockpile interviews and whatnot. No, Justin's but a he, great guy. Super, super smart. Really smart guy. And we talked about the same sort of thing like how do i focus on this and he said that you and rev think have really helped oh nice a lot so that that's cool to see and it's it's also cool just like with anything to um to see your tribe of people 
post questions. Like I was thinking that, but I didn't know who to ask. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're an owner, you you sort of have this. You're generally on this path called "I'm just figuring it out as I go." There's really not a roadmap for how to run a production company or you know a studio, and there's this also assumption of well, I'm not going to go talk to my competitor. That would be weird. Okay, but surprisingly, what you find in like seven ingredients, we also find this. We have another group that we lead called Creative Entrepreneurs. It's within Promax BDA. And in this, what is Promax BDA? I won a oh. Promax award. <laughs> yes, I know. I saw that on your, a your couple credentials of them, or something, right? The, for Shark Fest. And you're like, what the hell is ago? that? No, I mean, I know. I thought it was like a promo award. It is sort of. So Promax BDA is Promax, which is the promotions side. BDA is the Broadcast Design Association. They merged several eons ago. But it's the Entertainment Marketing Association, which is where all wow. the TV networks and entertainment com- companies get together and talk about how to market and promote their, their content. So within Promax BDA, you have, all, of course, all the clients right. called TV networks and the OTT guys like the Netflixes and the Amazons. It's a wonderful world. But then you have all these agencies, okay? Or the, uh, the, the less fancy term, vendor. Right. Okay, but it's a great place to connect and communicate uh, with potential clients. Uh, and it's very much about networking. Every year, the annual conference, lots and lots of networking. But I was an agency in that community, have been for a dozen years or more. But about two years ago, I approached the president, Steve Gazanjian, friend of mine, who used to run Belief. Do you, did oh, you yeah, remember Belief? That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Killer, killer shop. So Steve's an old agency guy. So I approached him. I said, Steve, come on. Agencies in this association are underserved, to, to put it mildly. And Steve totally got it. He was like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm committed to changing that. And I was like, let's do it. Let's create a, some sort of a community for the agency owners within Promax. And he was like, do it. Let's, let's make it happen. So we created this group called Creative Entrepreneurs, which is really a subset. It's every quarter and at the annual conference, we get all the agency owners together in a room. And we go, we're going through the seven ingredients. So we started on sales. Everybody loves sales. Right. Are you now launching into the ingredients? Sure. Number one is sales? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then our next one, we talked about marketing, which was all about positioning and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and now we're, you know, I'm back in LA and me and my partner, Tim Thompson, we're here leading another event at Terranea. And our topic today is finance, specifically bulletproofing profits. Ooh. And it's funny because... Is that number three? Is that the third ingredient? It's, well... The, run down the seven. Run down the quick. seven. Okay, so the seven, they go... They're not in any particular order. Well, that's not quite true. They sort of are. But the ingredients are marketing, sales, production, finance, operations, entrepreneurship, and then the work, creative. Which is the result of the previous six... Well, in a way, or sort of. Yeah, and and it's interesting how they sort of they do sort of follow an order. Like everyone starts with creative. They start with the work. Uh-huh. They think, hey, I'm really great at this. Just put thing. the work up, and everyone will see it, and right. it'll go viral, and they'll call, and we'll make more. Every creative entrepreneur I've ever known said, you know what? I was really freaking good at fill in the blank motion design. Yeah. So I decided to go out on my own, as if that's all it takes. Right, and you're laughing. <laughs> you're like, yeah. That's- well, I mean, it's just the, the the. It depends on your algorithm, right? That yeah. you even see people's work. Yeah. So, and then these seven ingredients come into play, and they do tend to unfold over time. You 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 then realize, wait, I need to market myself. I need to get the word out there, 
And then you realize, wait, I need to sell. I need to be able to negotiate and command a premium and all this. What's and the so difference? So Sorry to interrupt. What's the difference between sales and marketing? Oh, I love that question. They're the same thing, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm somewhat <laughs> rhetorical, but I thought it would be interesting to the listener right now going, sales and marketing, it's the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. Well, yeah, Tim and I are convinced that they're different because they're actually two different words. Tim is your partner in RevThink. That's correct. But no, here's what I like to say. Marketing is all those things that you do to enable sales to happen, to do its job. So think of it this way. If, if, if you didn't get the word out there, if you, weren't, if you didn't have a clear positioning about who you are as a director, what Super Lounge does in the world, the salesperson wouldn't be able to do their job. Mm -hmm. They would call and say, hey, you know, I'm Susie and I represent unknown name and unheard of thing and unclarified position. Like it, the salesperson would just be like, I got nothing. I need a website. I need a reel. I need a roster of directors. I need like, give me what I need. That's marketing. And marketing is what we do at scale. Does that make sense? Yeah. Meaning we, when you're doing marketing, you're talking about, I want to communicate with a thousand people, showing them, here's who we are. This is what we've been doing. This is our mission. Isn't that amazing? And sales starts to happen. I call the transition from marketing to sales. When someone says, you know, I have a need. I want to talk to you. Sales is more a specific project or assignment that you're going after that you want to close and get that job awarded. Yep. And I think once you start to realize that marketing and sales are actually very different. They support one, one another and feed off of one another. But once you start to understand the difference between the two, it, it gives you a lot of power because you start to understand, oh yeah, it's not just this catch-all of, oh, let's go get work. It's a, there's a sales cycle. There's a process. There's a way that we introduce ourselves. We start conversations. We nurture those relationships. We do the project. But then even the way we do repeat business and, f and forge deeper relationships and solve deeper problems to get better projects, bigger budgets. I mean, this is all part of the process. So if I take a step back, and I'm a creative person, I'm listening right now to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. I don't know where people listen. Right. But they're listening and they're going, well, I'm a creative and my buddies and I have this shop and we, you know, we got some good clients and we want to grow. But do I have to learn this? here's my question. Do I have to learn this or do I just learn enough to hire someone? Who's oh, great question. Handle it? No, great question. Uh, well, I think most, most creative entrepreneurs uh, do the latter approach. There's this assumption, especially in sales, right? A couple of guys running a small shop in your example. And they say, you know, we just need a salesperson. We need one of them, their EPs. If we could just find us a killer EP or a killer rep, that's the other good one, right? Yeah. We just need a rep. What, what I find is you really can't delegate that which you haven't mastered yourself because you have to understand it. You, you can't just say, go get us projects, uh, salesperson, go. Because there's this whole understanding of well, what is it we're doing? How are we going to do it? What's our There's approach? a holistic approach that the company needs to have yeah. to, be, to be able to give reps marching orders yeah. to say this is the kind of work. I just had a conversation yesterday with a rep saying, you know what I really want to do is direct. No, what I really <laughs> want to do is more experiential uh, stunts because I've done a handful where I've you know, like consulted on how to do and, they, and we film it. I mean, it ends up being content. 
but it was it was a real rush because there's hidden cameras, there's celebrities, or you know people are doing big stunts all the time at Times Square, wherever they do them. Yeah, and and I don't think without having the conversation, she would have realized like that I was interested in doing that. So I, you know, the fish stinks from the head down. You have to say, this is what I want to do. This is how I think we should go about getting that work. You probably know who who the agency is that that does this kind of stuff. Let's work together. Well, but but my point being, Joel, is that I don't know how to go and get that work. I don't know who to contact. I just have this idea. So I haven't mastered it. Right. But I I'd like to think I know enough about what I want to do and what I'm good at. But I bet you've mastered it more than you maybe realize. Mastered a real maybe that's our maybe that's your the syntax. Yeah, maybe I'm hung up on the <laughs> syntax of the word master. I bet you're a pretty darn good salesman in the right context, in the right setting. Yeah, like I think you understand how to have that conversation. But to your point at the top of the conversation, I have failed when I've tried to sell myself, or even as a creative, I failed trying to sell the other directors because they people look at me. With, with a different lens. Like, why is why is he pitching these other people? These other guys. And I want to go, because they make me money. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that obvious? Right. Like, Don't you get the that, equation that I can stay home? And- no, but here's what I like what you just said. You said, I failed. Truly. What that tells me is you learned. Like, we only learn when we fail, really. I what- think it was Alfred in, in the first Christopher Nolan Batman movie. <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah, he said... Why do we fall down, sir? Which is not a bad Alfred. I, that's pretty good. Yeah. Michael Caine that's slash my Michael Alfred. Kane. That's pretty good. Why do we fall down, sir? But what it tells me is you've you've put yourself out there. You failed and you learned. And guess what? You said, I suck at this. To pick ourselves back up. Pick ourselves back up. Yeah, you de- and you delegated that. You said, I'm going to let somebody who's really good at this. But the failure taught you something. It taught you what it means to be great at sales. So this is where I think the really great entrepreneurs, like if you've talked to a guy that runs a studio that's maybe 8 million or 20 million, those guys have been through all seven of those ingredients. They have a really good grasp on all of those. So when you go to them and say, hey, we need to beef up our marketing, they know what you mean by marketing and they know what, how to define the role, the need, but, right. you know, put, create the solution. And then you go all the way around the wheel to operations and what a financial system needs to look like. And they're like, yep, they may not, like I suck at finances, right? Like that's never was never my bag. But I mastered it enough that I realized I really need somebody great at this. And the failure was really what helped me get through to the point of, I need to hire someone called a CFO. Yeah. Okay. So this is the, kind of the process as you as you attempt to master those ingredients and you realize right. so this you, is not my genius, I'm going to delegate. Uh, don't you, you were telling me, we were talking before we started rolling, that you have something coming up. Right. And I think it's we should get to that quickly so people can sign up. Sure. Space is limited. Yes. So we are, uh, Tim and I are in town for another Creative Entrepreneurs event at Terranea. So this is the resort um, here on the coast. Oh, Just, it's fabulous. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like a little, it's like a little Eden. It's a little oasis. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a, a group of, you know, 40 or 50 Creative Entrepreneurs talking about the area of finance principally, among other things. And we're going to talk about bulletproofing profits. Ooh. I know. And it's funny because I can already hear a lot of creatives out there listening and they're like, uh, it's not about the money. And about like, how much? 
<laughs> my daddy used to tell me that's that. funny yeah. it's not about the money it's about how much no it's um i get that like it, it for most creatives it's it's not about the money but i will say that we like to say it is about control though do you want to have control over your business do you want to have control over how you manage your work your resources the way ultimately if you're profitable it empowers you to make great work so think of and it that turn way. down shit work and, yep yep and to do but yeah you know um specifically directors that we look at or come to us or I've talked to about signing with a company or my company, anybody's, someone will say, I heard he always went over budget. Not always. I don't want to speak in absolutes, but there are a few people who I was like, oh, that's, that's disappointing because you can't sustain a company if you're always going over budget. And these days, the, the markup on a job, which is, it could be 15%, could be 28%. Some mm -hmm. companies, we don't, we don't, I don't know if we get 28%, but that's not enough to grow on. Yeah. Especially, you're talking about a percentage of a smaller budget. And I know that you have talked about, it's not just the markup, there's the sales and marketing costs, especially marketing costs, have to be absorbed in your operations. Oh yeah, I don't know what you call that. I'm, I'm I can see it. The splits, the splits. That's right. Yeah, this is so. This could you, we could probably spend a whole show someday yeah. talking about the splits, but the reality is to run there. There are costs that involved in running a business, and then there are costs associated to getting a project done. Okay, both are there. One's the twenty thousand mile high view, and yeah. the other is specific to that project. To that project, yeah. And the reality is that like I said earlier, a series of projects doesn't make a business. Okay. The costs of just running the business are, you know, in, in our experience, most firms take about half the money from the project and pay for the business, meaning the owners, salaries, yeah. you know, the rent, the overheads, but also profit. Like we bake in profit. We bake in, you know, investments and savings and taxes and all these things that most people don't think about. Okay. And it's really just a shift when you realize even like a 15% markup, there's no way I can tell you from reality. There's no way. And I don't know if, hopefully I'm not exposing some dirty little secret to the, all the, you know, advertising agencies and whatever out there, but there's no company out there that would ever survive off of a 15% markup. They, those companies have to make money in other places. The director line item, you know, every, every line, you're, you're, there's the, I mean, it's just, you're buying the job at 15% markup. Yeah. That's just to cover the the split that you're talking about. Yep. Right. Yep. So I, but I digress. Let's go back to uh, the uh, event coming up. Okay, sure. That people can sign up for. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, so it, if you go to promaxbda.org, you'll see uh, on the homepage, there's uh, Creative Entrepreneurs, which is the, the group. Uh, you can click on that. And we're doing a series of events. So there's not only the one here at Terranea, uh, we're also doing one in February in New York, and then nice. March in Rome at the uh, Rome. Yeah, going to Rome, Rome, Georgia. <laughs> no, that would be close to my where I grew up. But uh, no, we're going to we're going to go to Italy for Promax BDA Europe, and then we'll be back in New York for the national conference in June. So we've got a whole slate. But the of one good coming stuff. up is just south of LA. Yes, yeah, just just other side of LAX. And how many how many people can attend? We, I think we have space for maybe 50 or 60. That's a fun group. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's an all day thing. Yeah, it's an all day thing. Yep. We really get into it because it's, it's, it's refreshingly, I think, 
for owners there, the feedback that we got uh, when we did the same event last year at Terrania was people came up to us afterwards. We do this happy hour, social networking, whatever. That's always fun. Thing, yeah, the right? mixer. The mixer, yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting out there on the Pacific, you know, sipping wine and hanging out. And everyone's going, I had no idea there was this community. Because I've always sort of looked at my peers as like, oh, there's the owner of that shop. Oh, and there's the owner that runs that studio. Oh, that, that's a little awkward. And then you get people in the room and you're like, guys, we're all dealing with the same thing. How do we find talent? How do we get jobs? How do we pay our bills? How do we move forward? And everyone's like, yeah, I'll talk about that. And our goal is let's just make the whole damn industry stronger. Because I think we can. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's, is, let's, let's get together and talk best practices. Like, yeah. are, are we going to pitch for free? Right? That's always the question that comes up. Things like that. What about payment terms? Are you guys dealing with net 60, net 90? And we're like, yeah, what are you doing about it? Well, let's, let's talk about it. We're all going to make each other better and stronger if we share that. And now it's not free. Nope. No, I think it's 550, 600 bucks. Drop you, in the bucket compared the bucket. to what you're going to learn and what you're going to get back. That's for that's if you're a member of Promax BDA. So you do have to join to be to in order to And that's $10,000. That's yeah. <laughs> no, is it? No. I just guess. No, I I actually don't know what uh, membership costs, but for anyone that wants to be playing in that space of entertainment marketing, want to work for TV, TV networks, I'm just telling you. Don't like run, don't walk. Just go join Promax, go to the national conference, and you'll be like, holy cow, why haven't I been playing here for all my life? I I see a lot of graphic design and animation in that world as well. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you might do that with clips of a show. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? So specifically, listeners, if you're in that world, join. Yes. I've always been like a third-party vendor. Meaning I worked for, like, uh, Nat Geo Wild. We did the Shark Fest this year. We did it two years ago. Yep. And they had an internal creative agency. Mm-hmm. So they just hired us as production partners right. to do it. So I flirted with the whole idea, but I think that in specializing, my clients are ad agencies. Yeah, sure. So I don't know that I'm going to run and join because I don't know that I have the goods to, to win right now there. Well, there's the question of the goods. I think it's also yeah. just what's your what's your wheelhouse? Right. What's your passion, right? The goods, the wheelhouse, what gets me right. What gets me off. Yeah, that's I love it, but I, I don't mind being hired once the the assignment is sold yeah. by someone else. Yeah, I, I and, and a, a question about that, just are there a lot of ad agencies? Oh, that in the, in that it, space? Yeah. No, there there are a few. And it but it's interesting how Typically, ad agencies don't fare well in that world because advertising is completely different than promotion. Of course. But see, you know that. Well, I started in doing promos. Okay, sure. Like umpteen years ago, I had a company and we did promos for Comedy Central and MTV and I would pitch the network and then I, you know, you work directly yeah. with them. Well, here's what or I find. With or with their creative department who are some really talented people. Well, this is what's often so surprising to creatives is if you do promo work and you walk into an ad agency and go, look how great our work is, they will look at you like you're an alien. They're like, I don't know what this is. You're confusing me. And in fact, get the hell out. And likewise, if you do all advertising work and you go talk to a TV network and you go, look how beautiful and amazing our our spot work is, they're like, I don't know what to do with that. I had a friend, we, we did stand-up comedy together in the 80s, 
and he was a, a copywriter, has gone on to be a wonderful creative director. Daniel Catfish Russ, if you're listening, he's not listening, but uh, we parted ways. We reconnected once I was directing and producing these promos. And I'm talking original campaigns I would sell and go off and shoot. And I said, I'm ready to make commercials, and you're a big creative director. And I sent him my stuff on like a VHS tape, you know? <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> Jordan, these are not even close. I go, it's 30 seconds. I have Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo doing a promo for their show. They're, right. and it's an original thing, and there they are. He just chuckled. And he goes, How quaint. He goes, let me just tell you. And he, he broke it down for me why it's different. And the the messaging's different. The, just everything about it. Yeah. The problem you're actually solving is quite different. Right. Right? Because a promo navigates. It points. And it, it, it's, it's almost like a story about a story. Okay, that's what really good promotion does. And it, and it navigates, helps you navigate to find that content. Whereas advertising is a different, different beast. It's almost like it can be this aspirational thing of, hey, if you buy this, your life will be better. Right. I mean, it's just a, it, you're, just, you're just solving a different problem. And so firms tend to specialize like, oh, we're really great at the marketing and promotions thing, or we're great at the advertising thing. And there are a few that do both, more than a few. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's yeah. If you're if you if you haven't played in one world and you want to move into that that world, it's not a small undertaking. Okay, new new topic. I am a filmmaker, and I'm in outside of Portland. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. And I'm thinking of this one company in particular who they do amazing work, and their drone shots like flying low through the forest and above the cliffs and everything. And it, it, this is a fictitious thing, but I'm inspired by some people I'm thinking of. And I'm like, it's me and my buddy, and we know these guys. We did this one video for their website, and then we got a slew of them. Now what? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't want to go to Promax because, yeah, not really in that space. Mm -hmm. But there's some cool companies around here. Love to get some of that Nike work. Um, marketing. Whew, well, I heard you on the podcast. <laughs> but what do I do about what do I do about sales? What do I do to get this work out there? Like, I know I gotta I gotta brand the company, but specifically, how do I get that? Mm. And then my buddy said, hire a rep. We got to hire a rep. But yeah. Joel said it's not as easy as. And that. this is a, an eight part series we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But I think that's a that's a really relevant. Yeah, scenario sure. to people listening right now that are making killer stuff. Like we've always said that like since since you were on the show last, the tools have even gotten better oh, yeah. and cheaper. Yeah, the drones are awesome. I like I see the the drone stuff out there and I'm like I I can picture the shop from Portland. I used to hate the drones. Sure. And now I love them. Yeah. It's but a tool. that's it's yeah, a tool. It's a tool. Well, let's see. What would I say? Well, it's funny. I had a conversation. Sales. Yeah, I had a really interesting similar conversation with uh, a small shop in Northern California yesterday. It was a guy that was interested in my accelerator um, jumpstart and whether or not this was the thing that he needed to kind of help him reach the next level. And I mean, again, I could spend eight hours talking about this. This is like almost, it's what I spend most of my time talking about. You're very passionate about helping people. That's what I love. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what I do. This is my mission, right? This is, um, I was there for 20 years running my own shop. And now I'm like, okay, now how do I just take all this and, and invest it in the next generation? 
I want to teach everybody how to do what I did. Um, but I also have this perspective I love of, I've, I think in the past year, I no, realized I worked with 70 different studios around the world from 18 countries. Wow. So there's just a lot of perspective. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. The, the, if I was going to try and net it out and say to your friend uh, outside of Portland, I would say, first of all, realize that that early success that you have is based on, oh, we're great at the work. Okay, if you do want to reach the next level, and that's an important question to ask, do you really want to grow? Do you, re- do you really want to run a business? Mm. Okay, because in order to do bigger projects, better clients, you know, the better budgets, you have to be running a business. You can't just be like, hey, I'm really good at this. What do you got? Okay, Nike doesn't hand projects to some dude because he's talented. So I, I maybe I'm bursting bubbles here. Okay, no, but this is, this is good. Yeah. So what I would say is, lasso. if you really want to do that, awesome. I applaud you. Okay, this is the journey of the creative entrepreneur that I am, you know, here to serve. Once you make that decision, you start to realize, okay, in order for me to tackle this and reach this next level, I have to actually kind of unlearn. There's some myths actually that I've maybe believed like, Oh, it's all about the work, you know? Oh, it's all about great client service. Oh, you know, we, um, Oh, we stand out. We stand out great. Cause our work is so wonderful. Well, I'm telling you, there's a lot you have to unlearn. We were Vimeo pick of the week. Oh, there you go. See? And, and that's why you're now a hundred million dollar production company. No, no, that you're being facetious. Yeah, you're not. You got to get it out there. Yeah, there's a lot more involved. Um, so there's some unlearning and embracing new habits. And these new habits, these new concepts are, again, it's this journey of the creative entrepreneur I'm talking about. Of, I would say the first steps are you've got to be great at marketing and most specifically positioning. Meaning you have to find out what is really true and authentic but not only that, sticky, sticky, what does that spicy. Mean? Like what is the thing that you're going to, how can you carve out a spot in the minds of your potential clients? Because I'm telling you, if you go out there and you say, we're a production company who does blah, 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 storytelling, blah, 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 collaboration, Golly, blah, collaboration. blah, blah, whatever. It's just not going to stick. It's not going to stick. You've only got that first chance to make the first impression. So you just, you got to be, you got to be you. So getting clear about that, and then once you have that, you have a strategy called, okay, great. Now we start to get the word out. We start doing promotion. We start doing the email blasts. We start putting real concerted effort into marketing and putting those routines in place. And then we have to master the sales game. Because what happens when somebody says, yeah, let's meet. Let's, let's talk. Where do you begin? How do you even start that conversation? And most importantly, how do you nurture that conversation in a way that leads to a project, okay? But there's more. <laughs> there's more because the firms that break out of what I call this painful season where, you know, certain size and they're small are the ones that start to understand that sales is not a service game. It's actually leadership. It's expertise, mm. okay? So where you're selling value, not selling services, so I, again, we could spend a couple hours talking about this, no, no, but it's, it's, no, it's, it's a big idea. It's clear, and I want to say Doug Sharon is a rep right here on the West Coast for commercials, production companies. I think he has an animation house. He's been on the show. He's also been a guest speaker at Commercial Directing Boot Camp, 
learn more at commercialdirectingbootcamp.com. He says a similar thing that I'm selling solutions. I'm a resource. And if I don't have the company or director, I would like to be a resource to some, to t- lead you to someone else, even if he's not going to make money on it. Mm-hmm. Because in the long term, that's going to pay off. I personally have said to people, oh, wow, I love that you're coming to me. Yes, I can do that. I've done it twice. My friend's done it seven times. I think he would be a better choice. Right, right. And that's a painful thing to do. Yeah. And maybe that's different from what you're saying, but uh, I want to be a solution. I don't want to talk about how I can service that. Doug's saying, rather than focus on the immediate sale, he wants a long-term leadership. He wants to be the leader in solutions. Yeah, he's building a relationship. A relationship. Yeah, but absolutely. also the, the uh, reliability. Mm-hmm. Right? Trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. That's yeah, a good one. Absolutely. No, I think that's part of it. I, that's part of it. Was I, I off a little bit from what you were saying? Uh, no, I think that's the starting point, yeah. honestly. Um, I think if you go a step further, there's this thing called, oh, we have a pro- we're going to do a project for you, client. And the client starts to say things like, okay, great, we're going to need a proposal. And you write up your proposal. But why did you do that? Why didn't you tell them, no, we're not in the proposal writing business? Wait, what? No, client, here, we're here to help you because we're the experts. Let me tell you how it's going to go. Whoa. That's pretty ballsy. It is ballsy. But guess what? The world loves people who are ready to step up and take charge, right? So the better clients out there are the ones that are like, no, I want an expert. I want somebody to lead me, okay? There's someone that, that is willing to take charge and guide me through this process. And guess what? I'll pay a premium for that. And I'm not going to beat them up over rates and rate cards and prices and hours and lines right on a, yeah. on a bid form because they gave me this proposal called for $50,000 we're going to solve your problem and it's going to be freaking awesome are you in that's a different conversation than well here's our proposal with our breakdown and our hours and then they start saying well why is this $150 yeah. an hour and do we really need 10 days of what's a gaffer anyways yeah. right I mean you just that's not the game I you want to be in but sometimes that game is especially at the level that I'm playing at with a cost consultant, with a large agency, with a, like a automobile manufacturer. Oh yeah. They do say, in fact, I was so pissed off. I don't know if I've ever shared this one, but it was the cost consultant wants to know why does Jordan need two cameras? Oh my. And my answer was (laughs) I'm going to over deliver for the creatives who sit in an editing room. Yeah. And we have a kid, I think it was, and that, like now I'm explaining right. uh, a filmmaking that I've learned over years that they're going to want to use one take and now they're going to have two angles that can cut it into the 30-second commercial. Sure. But I, I'm, I'm digressing with emotions. The point, Joel, is that exists and in that game you will lose the job if you go, no, here's our, here's our number. Yes. There's no treatment. There's no bid. Don't ask me why. Now there is yep. a, th- and that's a higher level. Mm-hmm. But there is this level that a lot of us play in, where it's you either want what we do or you don't. Yes. And to bring it down to a micro example, numerous times on set, I have had a client say to me, "Like, are you happy? Are we getting good stuff?" And they're waiting for me to say yes as the director. Like, I go. Oh, I'm so happy right now. 
and they have this relief like oh good yeah because Whew. i don't know comedy i don't know filmmaking or whatever your uh, wheelhouse is and if you're we hired you for you to be happy mm-hmm. and i think that's where you want to be right that's yeah. what you're saying yeah so don't don't mishear me there are absolutely like rules and you know specifics of the way jobs get bid and get awarded especially in advertising yeah okay um totally get that and i have a lot of clients that are you know that in that what i call the aicp world right that that deal with the cost consultants and all that but i will say association of commercial independent producers yes right yeah i think you missed up the mess up the order aicp oh Association it, it of independent, independent commercial, commercial producers sounds better. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that so that, I mean that's a great association. There's a, a ton of best practices and industry, industry standards that they've created that you guys get to benefit from. But there's also this dark side called we'll, we deal with cost consultants and every line is scrutinized. Why do you need the second camera? But there is a conversation called guys because you want the spot to be awesome, right? And if you need me to explain it to you, you're clearly. Uh, not educated you're not savvy like there's a that again i'm i would never say that that's not a diplomatic way of making that point but we're we're speaking to our tribe right now yeah exactly no hey i had a i had an email conversation this morning where it was i know we're not gonna win we're not gonna be the lowest price Mm. yeah we're not gonna be the lowest price no i love that conversation and and you know what we did last time you know how we elevated the work and if 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 that's not in the cards, cool. Mm-hmm. Let me. I'll try to help you. I can tell you what we learned. You know, I'm happy to share. Yeah. But it's we're already. I feel like we're already adding value just by being involved. Well, I have this really, I have this really challenging question. You know, for everyone listening. Okay, think about this. In every let's say let's put it this way. In every market around the country. There's a there's a most expensive shop. Okay? Why shouldn't that be you? So, you if you're the production company in Seattle and you're like, "Oh yeah, but you know, there's those guys down the street, they're really great and those guys are really great." And I'm like, "Well, why don't you just raise your prices and charge like you're the best because then what does that f- force you to do? Be the best. Be the best." And I'm, it's weird how people have this price sensitivity freak out thing of like, oh, I'm not sure. I lack confidence. I'm telling you, creatives and especially the creative entrepreneur, if I throw down a gauntlet to you called, hey, the client says they have $50,000, but I want you to go pitch them on a $100,000 idea that you know is absolutely worth two hundred dollars because of the result it's going to generate, they get really fired up. They get really excited and their mind shift changes from scarcity to abundance. And they go to that client and they go, look, I know your budget's 50, but I got something I got to run past you because I'm just telling you this, this is going to blow your socks off. And all of a sudden there's this conversation happening that I call upselling. Yeah. Okay. I love this game, right? One of my guys in Jumpstart, he had biggest project he'd ever done was 25 grand at his production company. Taught him how to like reposition his firm, engage in this kind of conversation to go to talk to clients directly. So this is like a brand direct type thing. And he was all excited because he came back to the group and said, hey, everyone, the, this client has a $60,000 project for us. And we were like, great. Why is it only 60? And he was like, yeah, you're right. He goes back and has this another conversation and comes back and says, we got 90. Wow. 
we just did a $90,000 spot. The work was beautiful. Like we all saw it and just fell over ourselves. because it's like a million dollars. It looked like a million dollars. It had drones and everything, right? Of course it did. And it was awesome. But imagine a guy that the largest job he's ever done is 25 grand. And then, hey, apply this concept. Sure, make, four times as much. Go through these shifts in your mindset and everything. Ha- understand the sales game and sold through a $90,000 job. I, I think that's, that's what the creative entrepreneur is really investing in when they call you up Mm -hmm. is a mind shift and like a life coach. Mm -hmm. By the way, I am not a life coach. I'm an assistant life coach. (laughs) I have the whistle and those polyester pants. Uh, You got the outfit. They're getting, they're getting um, a mentor in you and your partner Mm -hmm. and they're getting confidence and proven examples of this can work. Yep. Now back to my my fictitious shop in Portland. Mm-hmm. So how do they how do they grow? How do what's the if there was one thing they have to start doing to grow? Could, is it just a mindset that they're worth more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I would say more than anything, it is adopting the a mindset that's different than the mindset that you started your business with. It's, it is adopting a, a new mindset. And what about client direct? Because mm-hmm. I love that space. It's fun. It's fun. It has headaches. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> I found myself on the couple that I did last year taking on roles that normally I would be able to yes. hand off to someone. That's Yep, that's common. And that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. It was like kind of uncomfortably fun and... Uh, like more project managing mm-hmm. after the job when I, I couldn't just wash my hands of it and go yeah. away. Yeah, client direct, brand direct, whatever you want to call it, I think is really the uh, the future in terms of where the biggest opportunities are in the years ahead. But you do have to be willing to sort of look at the engagement almost from an agency POV. Yeah. Okay, because the way you're engaging with a client, they are uneducated. They're like, we don't know how to do this commercial thing, right? We don't know how to make a documentary. All they know is, well, my son has a 5D and he does some amazing stuff. Could we maybe create this for our product launch? So you have to be able to engage in a way where you almost have somebody that's like an account director, right? Right. You're you're now copywriting. You now might have someone called an art director figuring out the look of this whole thing. I mean, it kind of goes on and on. So you do have to be willing to uh, understand the problem you're solving is bigger. And so you have to approach those projects saying, well, how are you going to pay for all this? Because that's really where people get into trouble is they think, I'm just going to go make this amazing little documentary for this brand. And then by the time they're done, they're like, oh my gosh, I lost my shirt on that deal. I did this $30,000 documentary that I thought was going to be amazing. And by the time I got done, I spent so much time educating them, bringing right. in extra resources to help get these things sure. done. Hiring an I art spent, director. Yeah, I spent 50 and oh my God, what, what just happened? But for the, you know, the, the other opportunity I love about that space is there are a lot of big brands that don't have cost consultants yet. They don't have a big AOR yeah. agency, right? This is all brand new to them. All they know is we need content. And are they open to someone just cold calling or it's I guess the the magic formula is that relationship to get in the door to show them and to tell them like yes I'm a leader yes I have an idea for them I researched their 
content that they've been putting out. I have a better approach to doing it, but getting in the door. Do you advise yeah. people on that? Or Yes. Yeah, all the time. Because um, I, I loved it, right? So back when I ran Impossible Pictures, we did a lot of direct-to-brand stuff. Like for Dish Network, that was one of our big clients. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that was the type of engagement. So, and I, I also loved it. I thought it was just fun, fun stuff. There was a lot of opportunity there because you could sell a big round number called, we're going to create your spot. And there was not a lot of arguing and negotiating. It was sort of like, okay, great. You guys got it. Go do your thing. But to answer your question, how do you get in that door? You know, how do you get that meeting? It really does come down to the positioning. Because if you're positioned as, we're a video production company, they're not going to get it. Right. You have to be a solutions company, an innovations company, a communications company. I don't know what it is, okay? But it's that spicy, sticky thing that creates curiosity where somebody goes, I don't really understand what these guys do, but we need to talk to them because what they've got going on, I think might be the answer to what we need. So great. Marketing creates curiosity. It doesn't answer questions. Does that make sense? Let me just process that. <laughs> Marketing creates curiosity, which yeah. is a good thing. Yes. So if your website is answering questions, it's failing. I read this in, in the group. Oh, did you? In the seven essential seven ingredients? ingredients. Yeah. By the way, I thought cumin would have been one of the ingredients. Well, you know, of course. That's like number nine. <laughs> right. But no, I like to say that um, that great marketing, it's not answering questions, it's creating curiosity, which leads to conversation. That's my three C's. Um, creating three curiosity, C's. which leads to conversation. Curiosity, conversation, and what was the other one? Create. 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 Yeah, create curiosity, which leads to conversations. Those are the three C's. Mm-hmm. I like the three C's. Well, that's just my way. I remember this stuff. We I, both use the three R's. Yeah, yeah. But you changed one. I put it on the group. Oh, I did? I say real... You do a job for the real, the relationship, or the revenue. Oh. You say real relationship, relationship reward. or reward, yeah. which is a fancy word for yeah. revenue. Because it, maybe it's not revenue. Maybe it's accolades. Um, maybe. I, yeah. you can also, it can also be riches. Riches is good. Remuneration. I have explored these R's a lot. No, the basic, the basic idea is you, 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 in order to move forward as a firm, you have to start getting picky and selective yeah. what like, are the three p's though i saw one oh yeah with p's a venn diagram that's positioning positioning three tell us about that by the way we got we got about 10 minutes okay cool and i want to cover whatever but tell us about the p's and then okay. we'll hit whatever you want to hit you got it so three p's are um when it comes time to position your firm and figure out how are we going to communicate uh, our, our brand to the world what we're about you talk about you you get in touch with your purpose your power and your personality. Your okay. purpose, your power. Mm-hmm. I get that one. Mm-hmm. And your personality. Mm-hmm. And there's a big personality sitting across the, t- the room from me here, right? So this is, this is, again, something that you have that's very powerful. Um, but purpose. I, what about purpose? What well, that purpose mean? is like, why do you exist? What is it you're trying to accomplish? What, you know, what's your mission in the world, right? Do you want to make people laugh? You want to make people smile? Great. There's your, there's your purpose. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. But you look at the intersection of those three things, and then you wrap that around your name, okay? So if your firm is, you know, uh, Kitty Cat Productions or whatever, well, you're going to come up with language around your purpose, your power, and your personality that is all feline, 
because that's your P P O V, right? Again, I don't know. Should should a new company let's say I'm going to start a new a new venture? Mm-hmm. Would I be wise to think of my three P's: purpose, personality, and powers? Power. Uh-huh. Can you mix them up like that? You can mix them up. Yeah, the three P's. Yeah, yeah. And then think of a name. Yes. That might be that might be smarter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because a lot of times people go through this exercise and they say, "Oh crap, my name doesn't really match." So then they have this problem of how do I, you know, square peg round hole kind of a thing. Yeah. But no, I went through this exercise with um, uh, one of my clients. Uh, do you know the guys at Laundry? Of here course. In town? PJ, so PJ was on was the here. show. He was on the show, right? Yeah. I want to say you might have introduced me to PJ. I think so. He, PJ's he, great. Their work is. I know it's awesome. Really top notch uh, design and animation. His his Instagram is great. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a killer killer guy. And Laundry, of course, is doing amazing work. Sneakerhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked with the guys at Laundry because um, about a year ago we we realized, hey, there's an opportunity. Let's reposition. Let's let's fine tune this positioning. And where we landed, I won't tell the whole story, but where we landed was this artists, misfits, wild cards, experts of the unexpected. Okay. Experts of the unexpected. And they did a Simpsons campaign for the whatever anniversary that was exactly that. Exactly. It yep. was unexpected. And, they, and they're, you tell me, but I bet they got the assignment because Fox, I guess, would have hired them, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. or uh, Gracie. Who, I think it was FX. Oh, FX. Yeah. Okay. Because they wanted someone to put a spin oh, yeah. on the traditional Simpsons. Well, what's interesting is this tuned up positioning was after that project and it was one of those but it was one of those projects that made us realize wait a minute this is who we are this is what laundry is all about so the the short version is i was just visiting with pj yesterday um and what was so exciting to, to hear from his point of view was having a really clear positioning message anthem rallying cry if you will has given them so much power to reach out and connect with people in a way to stick in people's minds, you know, to get that meeting. And it, it's just because they, they finally got clear about who are we? What do right. we believe? What do we stand for? What are we, what are we here to do? Because I can tell you that first introduction, that first meeting, it's not about the work yet. They're almost like you build this trust first before you start talking about expertise, Right. And when people say, wow, I, there's this famous Simon Sinek quote from uh, Start With Why guy where he says, your, your, your job is not to do business with people who, who need what you have. It's to do business with people who believe what you believe. And see, once you connect with somebody yeah. who believes what you believe, like, yeah, I want to make people laugh. I want to make the world smile. You're my guy. Like you connect on a level called we just need to do business. We just need to work together. Let's find a project. Yeah. And then when I look at your portfolio, I go, oh, yeah. Well, the portfolio just backs up everything I've heard about you. Do you, do people, do you, do you uh, suggest people have a meet, like a general meeting with people first? Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's but harder I, and harder with people's schedules these days. Yes. I think you have to, you have to be pretty intentional. Uh, you know, there's there's sort of a sequence of yeah. this sales cycle of how you move people from unaware to aware, and, and you guide every interest and intent. That, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now Joel, this has been a fabulous conversation. <laughs> I agree, it's been fun. W- what are some topics that you want to do? Because you came in with, I don't know if those notes were for the show. But oh no, they weren't. Okay, but, good, good, because we didn't even look at your notes. That's right. 
What What are some topics that you wanted to hit or, or speak directly to the listeners? Oh, about? I think we I think we've we've covered a lot of them. You know, I think the something I would just wanted to encourage people to do is to check out Seven Ingredients, right? That Facebook yeah. group. So if you go to it's the number Seven Ingredients, um, search for that because if you're qualified, if you're an owner. Um, of a studio or a production company, we welcome you there. And I'm so happy it's curated. Yeah, that you that you well, it has to be weed out the river. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of right stuff. Right, and you probably saw PJ in there. Right? I did see PJ. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. So I want to invite people to that. Um, the also RevThink our creative entrepreneurs events. Um, I want people to go to RevThink.com and look at our blog because there's just good. There's articles about the three P's. There's right. articles about uh, you know sales, about finance, all these these seven ingredients and things. Um, and then I would also encourage people to check out Jumpstart, which is this is this accelerator that I have. It's like a ten week intensive where I take owners of smallish, you know, I'll call it half million to one and a half million uh, size firms. And in 10 weeks, I just overwhelm them with marketing and positioning and sales and negotiating and all these things to help them, you know, reach that next level. Would it be good if if the owner of a, a shop that you have described take the accelerator course with one of their partners? Yes. So they have a context to talk to each other about what oh, they yeah. learned and to, to apply it, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like a producer and a director that went out on their own, that teamed up to do it, mm -hmm. uh, to do their business. Mm -hmm. They should take it together. Yeah, because if you're an owner and you're, you may have two or three or four partners, I encourage those firms that go through the accelerator, like get all of your owners. Like I grant, I get there may just be one person that's really doing the, the course, right. right? But I want the other partners there and participating because... I know how it is. You're, I'm going to give you all these ideas about, you know, sales or something. And then you're going to walk away and be like, I need my partner to watch this because over dinner tonight, we have got to figure this out. And are they live on the web? They are. They are. So live I, seminars. Yeah. So every, every week I deliver uh, what I call a module, which is me going through topic one through 10 on all these areas. Right. So now, I, you sent me an example that I watched. Oh, I did? Really enjoyed it. Yeah. You, you were you're oh, awesome. engaging. You're oh, thank you. Handsome. You're <laughs> Articulate, clear to the point. Well, now you're just kissing up. Um, uh, but I do, I do a module once a week, and then uh, each week I also do a live Q and A. So this is where all the oh, members, yeah. all the people that are in the accelerator, we get on a live Q and A, and everyone just takes turns, raises their hand, and it's it may be related to the accelerator, like the, the module, the topic, or it might be like I'm trying to hire this dude and I don't know how to negotiate, you know, this employment contract. I mean, whatever. Whatever the issue is, we'll we'll hit it, and then we have our own private Facebook group. Surprise, surprise, for people in the accelerator. So there's the 30 people going through it that are all in there together. And trust me, that's been the biggest surprise is the tribe there, because those people are all kind of getting their minds blown at the same time. Right. But they're also in the, these are from uh, at last count 18 different countries in there. The people. So you're getting a wide perspective of people, you know, someone in Italy saying, hey, here's my latest pitch deck that I'm going into this meeting with. What do you think? Okay. And Ooh. then there's somebody from Iceland saying, you know, here in Iceland, we have this policy. There's a law against cold email. What do I, how do I deal with that? Right. So we're just, and this is 24 seven. So people are in this group and they're just, you know, they're just throwing questions, ideas, what have you out there. And that is somewhat self fulfilling like people 
you don't have to cure you curate i'm sure the membership limited to the people in the accelerator program right but they're answering each other's oh yeah questions yeah and they're even they've people have connected and collaborated oh, like oh you're a live action production company we're motion design we're sound design let's get together on this project which i'm like whoa that's, that's awesome you know how cool is that so yeah but that I, I don't control that. This is a group of people. It's like people in a class. If the people in the class want to get together and talk about, you know, what's going on, that's of course that's what the class is there for to wow, support that's, that and encourage it. What a what a great testament to the this legacy that you're building. I hope so. That Thank people doesn't that feel good? It feels really good. Yeah. It feels really good. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's very satisfying for me. Rev Thinking is produced by RevThink. Feel free to connect with us at RevThink.com. We'd love to help. And hey, if you like the Rev Thinking Podcast, please do us a favor by subscribing on iTunes and giving us your feedback. Thanks for listening to Rev Thinking.